Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. This song, I believe it's the Jimmy Buffett with Alan Jackson version of It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere, in a sense symbolizes part, but only a small part, of Dave Doran and the NC State football program. It was Coach who recently dropped an It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere reference when the Wolfpack somehow kept getting assigned noonish kickoff times by the ACC's TV partners. More importantly, get this. His team is one of only 11 in the Power Five that remains undefeated. They're number 23 in the national rankings. They just sent a school record number of players into the NFL draft. They're getting great results on the recruiting trail as we speak. Dave Doran, as we welcome you back to the David Glenn Show, and thank you for your time, does it feel like you have more arrows pointed in the right direction right now than at any time in your six years at NC State? It uh, definitely does. Our players and our assistant coaches have done a great job, you know, carrying the the message of the program and continuing to have high standards and wanting things to improve. Uh, I thought last year's team really elevated the work ethic and, and set a great blueprint for the culture of our younger players, and they've carried it forward this year. And our staff does a nice job, you know, listening and holding the guys accountable. Uh, so, you know, on and off the field, a lot of great progress, recruiting a lot of great progress, and now it's just week to week trying to continue it. I know you were only having fun with it's 5 o'clock somewhere, but I think, as you know, Coach, we have our big tailgate tour, so I might be as qualified as any human being on the planet to judge tailgating from school to school, and I will vouch for Wolfpack Nation, man. They do it as well as anybody does it. For those who didn't understand the reference, it's 5 o'clock somewhere and the 12-ish tee uh, kickoff times, what was the nature of your message there? Because you pulled out a great song and a great punchline. Yeah, well, you know, it's just a, a fun way to be serious, I guess, because we need our fans there. You know, we have incredible tailgating here, and unfortunately uh, the ACC and television has made it an early start here each week, and uh, it is what it is. And so my opinion, you know, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning, and <laughs> it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Fans need to just get up and do what they do earlier, and, get in the stands because we need them. I mean, we're playing a great offense, leads the ACC yeah. in explosive plays with Boston College, and our offense, you know, loves having those guys. Our players feed off their energy, and it helps our recruiting. So it is what it is. You just need everyone to be a part of it. For those who don't know, it is more predictable sometimes to get the 12 o'clock or so kick if you have a lesser opponent. This is the 4-1 Boston College Eagles visiting the 4-0 NC State Wolfpack, and that's why some fans were not happy to see. In this case, it's a 12-30 kick at Carter-Finley Stadium on Saturday. Are you more of an Alan Jackson country guy, a little bit more of a Jimmy Buffett parrothead guy, or neither, both? Oh, I think both of them do a great rendition of the song. You ever been to a Buffett concert? Have not. All right. Y you have my invitation. I get tickets every time he comes to town. <laughs> um, you, mentioned, you mentioned a little bit about Boston College. They have gotten in your tenure at NC State. Uh, what's different about this team? Most folks think big, strong, they don't hurt themselves. Uh, but I've seen A.J. Dillon play coach, and that running back is one of the most uh, special talents, it looks like, in the entire conference. He is. He's elite. And, uh, you know, they're different than they've been. They're, they're going at mock speed, tempo, but they're still playing with that physical multi-formation, um, shift trade motion type offense and, and so they're forcing your defensive players not only to tackle a great player 
But they've got five senior offensive linemen. You know, they've got two returning starters at tight end, a returning starter at quarterback, three receivers that were starters at one time or another last year. So it's an experienced team. It's a team that's had the same head coach for the same time I've been here. So they know the culture just like we know ours. And it's been a great game. You know, every time we've played them, it's been physical. Uh, we look forward to this game. I know their team does too. So should be a great game on Saturday. We were joking earlier that we wonder if Kelvin Harmon or Jacoby Myers or Emeka Amizi or others like bake cupcakes for Ryan Finley or for Coach Drinkwitz because, as you know, it is not easy for the same school, no matter how good you are, to have three of the leading receivers statistically in the entire conference, which has 14 schools. How does that work? I mean, whoever's open gets the ball, or you know, are they tugging at Ryan Finley's shirt before the game? Uh, don't forget about me. <laughs> yeah, I will tell you this. They work hard in practice. They earn their opportunities uh, to get the ball. Uh, Ryan's going to feed it to the guy that's open, and most of the time pre-snap he knows where the matchup is he likes uh, based on his film study and how the DBs or linebackers from that school play coverage. And Coach Drinkwitz, I think, does as good a job as anybody at educating him on the looks and showing them to him enough where he can play fast and make good choices and let his guys make plays. It was certainly not an insult for folks to wonder, how do you replace Bradley Chubb? How do you replace all those seniors in your defensive front, most of whom went on to the NFL and are playing at that level as we speak? Uh, how do you assess during this 4-0 start where the passing offense has been as brilliant as most people thought it would be, maybe even better? How do you assess the other, part, the other side of the ball, Coach, where there were just a lot more new faces and probably a little more unpredictability? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those guys are playing well. You know, I think the fun part is they play well together. You know, there's good chemistry on the defensive side of the ball. I think those guys uh, took it personal all summer when people asked them how they were going to replace guys and how they're going to be good because so-and-so left. And you know, we have players that have worked really hard, like Jermaine Pratt, um, on Darius Bryant, uh, James Smith-Williams, yeah. and James, uh, to, to name a few. And, you got, you know, our secondary, a lot of these guys have experience. And so there's confidence, you know, with Moorhead and Dexter and Nick McLeod. And it's just, you know, team defense more than anything. And, you know, we're trying to not give up explosive plays. We've been okay there, better than we've been probably. And the biggest thing that stands out is just our red zone defense and third down defense has been excellent. If you had to explain, Coach, I imagine you've peeled the onion on a lot of BC video to this point. How does a team look so great four different times in four BC victories, and yet they not only lost at Purdue, they just got crushed at Purdue? I mean, I don't want you to give away your game plan, obviously, but, but how does that happen as you see it? Well, you know, at Purdue, they had some uh, tough luck, to be honest. They had three balls tipped at the line of scrimmage that were intercepted. Okay. And sometimes it just doesn't go your way. And, you know, for them offensively, when you're handing the ball over to a good Purdue offense inside the 15-yard line to score three times in one half, it's not going to be a good day. It's just not. And that's what happened. And the game just kind of got out of their hands. So, you know, turnover margin was the factor, and, and how they were created. The D line at Purdue did a great job. I mean, they threw balls like they normally do that are completed, and they got tipped up for interceptions. I don't know if this hit your radar at all because you have like a hundred players, but Reggie Gillespie's daughter was having a birthday. I'm trying to remember which weekend. I think the one before last. 
uh, and he scored, I think, two touchdowns. I mean, is that yeah. like, hey, coach? But... We played Marshall, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How does that work? I mean, is he looking at you with, like, big eyes saying, coach, my daughter's birthday, man, I promised. It's like she likes one of those famous movies where, you know, somebody <laughs> promises the child at the hospital, yeah, I'll win one for you tonight. Uh, was that off your radar before it happened or on your radar? Is that no, it was. It was on my radar. I mean, I said to him that morning, you know, and, uh, we talked about it and told him happy birthday to her and he said he was going to play for her. And, and I knew those were good words to hear coming out of his mouth. So we didn't, you know, call plays because of that to help him. I mean, he had to do his job during the, the touchdowns, obviously, but it was great to see and, you know, good karma right there for him for sure. The Clemson Tigers loom on your schedule. Are you convinced that none of your players are thinking about the possibility of knocking off a top five undefeated, undefeated opponent at Death Valley? Uh, I can't sit here and tell you no one ever thinks about things. I mean, I know that our players are focused on Boston College right now, and that's a bunch of guys that understand how good they are. I mean, on offense, they lead the ACC in explosive plays. On defense, they lead the ACC in takeaway sacks and forced fumbles and interceptions. And, you know, I mean, there's no reason to look ahead, particularly when you have a bye week the next week to get on to the next opponent. So, these guys are very focused on who we're playing, and they'll get hit in the mouth if they're not. I mean, it's a really good football team. Last thing for Dave Doran, it's Boston College, the Eagles 4-1, and visiting the number 23-ranked NC State Wolfpack at 4-0. and As Coach said earlier this week, national rankings mean something at the end of the season sometimes. They don't mean nearly as much, uh, especially to these coaches uh, for now. What is an area where even as you celebrate a 4-0 start, you believe your Wolfpack has a lot more to give in? Uh, a lot more uh, just, just an area of improvement, yeah. You know, I think just uh, overall as a football team, all three of our phases um, clicking at one, at one time. You know, I feel like in some of the games we haven't covered kicks, uh, punts or kickoffs the way that we can. And, and that's an area that's very concerning, playing Boston College, because Walker's a great return man. You know, I think we've played well off of each other. I think offensively and defensively we've met a lot of goals. I think Chris Dunn has helped our kicking game a lot. And uh, our return game hasn't been bad, you know. Uh, but the kicking, the coverage of our kicks is going to be a huge, huge part of us, you know, continuing to be a good football team. So I'd like to see that area grow this week. I know you have another conversation, but I'll squeeze one thing in real quick. Go as long as you need to. On the whole, we're all disappointed that we didn't get to see Will Greer in West Virginia against Ryan Finley and NC State. Uh, were you a voice in the room on that decision to plug in ECU after the Hurricane Florence cancellation against the Mountaineers? Did you see that as the best option through your eyes? Yeah, I mean, it really wasn't a lot of options. I mean, there was uh, Akron, Southern Miss, and ECU, really, that were there uh, as options. And, you know, ECU lost a, a road game in the ACC with Virginia Tech as their game. We lost a home game. And, obviously, them being an in-state team, um, fan bases, losing a great marquee game with West Virginia, you know, for our fans, uh, getting a chance to play ECU, probably is something they would like to see more than us playing Akron or us playing, you know, um, somebody else that's not in-state. And it's just how it worked out. Those were the three options, Southern Miss being the other one that, you know, were possibilities. And 
So for our players to get a, another opportunity to play a game, if we're not in the championship, for our young players, for our seniors, and, you know, for where you want to go to a bowl game, I mean, every win puts you into a better bowl game once you become eligible for one. And I don't want to be short, you know, because of a hurricane. And I think, you know, with the efforts that are going to be in place at that game to help in hurricane relief, I yeah. think it'll be a great cause for the state yeah. as well. That's a great point. Two public universities coming together to play a big football game, but also raise money for Hurricane Florence relief. He is on Twitter at State Coach D. He has a 4-0 football team as the Boston College Eagles come to town. Dave Doran, thank you as always for your time on the David Glenn Show. Thanks for having me, guys, and go Pack. You got it. On Twitter at State Coach D. Just sent a school record number of players into the NFL draft. Great results on the recruiting trail.